<sighs> Speaking of podcasts, though. Yeah. I forgot where, but I've, I think I've heard it from more than one place. But apparently, the sweet spot for a podcast right when it starts to get good is around episode 40. It's when they start to get into their group of things. Okay. This is episode 40. Yeah, technically, yeah. 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 Let's, uh... Here's... Well, do you have something? I was going to say, and it just so happens, we're doing the best movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Talk about that uh, best movie for a moment. Um, define being a hero for you. Oh, what oh. is a hero? Oh, no. Um, uh, uh, selfless. Being... Putting, putting others before yourself. Are there any parameters to it? Doing what you can to uh, help uh, others. I mean, just... What if it's a Nazi? What if it's a Nazi? Yeah. Help that guy? Yeah. You don't, you don't help him do <laughs> Nazis. Here. You don't help him do Nazi stuff. But you. if he's got a flat, you change it? No, fuck that guy. That's not... Okay. I mean, like, in that yeah. case, it's like a life or death situation where, yeah. like... If a Nazi's gonna fall off a building, you gotta, I'm sorry to say it, but push him. You gotta, you gotta grab him. You gotta help him. <laughs> oh. You help him up, and you go, "I'm Jewish," yeah. and then you leave. So, so to you, the the cornerstone of being a hero is being selfless. Um, when I put it on the spot like that, yeah, that's my answer. And if you don't have an answer, that's fine. And if it's not, uh, great whatever but do you feel like you've uh, come across uh, anybody that you'd throw the hero label on mm -hmm. in your life no off the top of my head no i don't think so have okay. you if i ever met a hero i mean i've definitely met like personal heroes and people in my life who have helped me in great ways but None of them are people I would be like, yeah, I'd say in every aspect of their life, they're a hero. They do everything they can to, because no, nobody is or can, or f every, people are complicated. You know what I'm saying? I saw Fabio at a restaurant once. Yeah? What'd he do? Was he, he was eating. Yeah? Anything heroic happened there? Who's a, well, the, who's a, okay, like, let's brought it out, broaden it to, like, people you're aware of. Is there anybody that, like, you point to in, in the world as being like, oh, that's a real life example of a hero? That seems real dangerous to do. Okay. Because I feel it's, you name somebody and then in two weeks, hey, guess what? They're, yeah. get, they're getting got. Okay. So more so the idea of being a hero is, like, something to strive for. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's nice. What about you? Me? Uh, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, I think that's sort of the beautiful thing about, um, you know, <sighs> let me put it to you this way. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. I don't hate Star Wars fan. I like Star Wars a lot. I'm not, like, crazy about it, though. Yeah. But uh, I, I only preface this because this next thing I'm about to say is, is very strong. But I remember crying during one of the new Star Wars movies because I was like, wow, man, that's what it's all about. Like, just hope. No matter yeah. the odds, just someone being there to be like, come on, we got this. Yeah. Ah, boy, oh, boy. Ah, ah, I'm about to cry. 
Uh, but yeah, no, just that that thing. Uh, yeah, that's that's really a beautiful thing. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you put it uh, best. To being a hero is just being selfless. And uh, yeah, let's we can do the podcast now. Okay, I'll hit record. <laughs> Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Kremlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. So yeah, we watched The Iron Giant this week. Yes, we did. Hell yeah, we did. By this week, I mean 24 hours ago. Hell yeah, we did. Hell yeah, we did. Probably. How many times have you seen this movie, you think? Oh, I don't... Give me an actual pitch. Come on. An actual pitch? Yeah. I think... If you're being realistic, if you really had to call it... I'd say probably closing in on, like, 20 times. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the early to mid-20s. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy this movie quite a bit. I haven't seen it a lot as an adult, but I, I would probably reckon... There's a good chance I'm somewhere in that ballpark, maybe the 15 to 20 mark. Because it was definitely like a movie when I was a kid that just like never left a VHS yeah. thing. Uh, as an adult, I've probably seen it in the 6 to 10 range. Okay. And by adult, I'm opening that up to like this. This is a controversial take. And I, I really don't I mean, I mean it in the softest sense, but like 17, 18. Okay. You know what I mean? But that's that's I would not consider that an adult. I just want to be very clear about that. 17 and 18 is not an adult. Those are children, yes. Yes. In my opinion, 21's even pushing it for a quote-unquote adult. But Anyone that's younger than me is a child. <laughs> I feel like that's how most people go through life. Yeah. 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 Um, even calling me not a child is pushing it. But yeah. yeah. Let's run it down. Brad Bird made this thing. Oh. oh it got me. I, I forgot this time. Mail. The Iron Giant. It feels like there's something in here. Uh, every week I'm waiting for there to be something special. There isn't anything in here besides paper. It's just extra big paper. It is extra big. Holy hell. God. The Iron Giant, 1999. Every film is about one of four things. Love, revenge, self-discovery, or the creation and subsequent use of the, the nuclear bomb by the United States in 1945 was a bad thing. And boy, wasn't. And did you, is the, who was it? Was it, like, uh, was it Obama who apologized for using the bomb? That's a good question. I think it was. That sounds like something he'd do, yeah. I think my grandpa was pretty mad about it. <laughs> Anyways, The Iron Giant is about, like, eh, two or three of those. Released in 1999, directed by Brad Bird and based on Ted Hughes, uh, Ted Hughes' book, uh, The Iron Man, uh, it's a perfect movie. No notes. Good job. Uh, 10 out of 10. Thanks, that. that's that, Mattress Man. Uh, theme fades in. Uh, if you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and go to our website, eatingsoulone.com, and flex on theme fades. Funny enough, we don't even have a Facebook. I wonder if anybody's ever noticed. Yeah, it was, uh, why, is that a bit? Is that a good bit? The, it a long-term bit? Okay, cool. Yeah. It is now. I remember, uh, yeah, no, now I'm thinking about it, I remember having that conversation. Yeah. Well, it was being like, nah. Yeah. And I've Did talked to other people I knew of podcast and like bro you gotta get on facebook yeah you'll get a lot of a lot more engagement a lot of them e-clicks and i'd rather read dead 
in podcast list than be on Facebook, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Brad, Brad Bird, uh, as you said, book by uh, Ted Hughes. We'll get to that in a second. You know it's dynamite for podcasts. Mm-hmm. Chris, what's, what's the rest of your history with the Iron Giant? Oh, uh, that pretty much sums it up. I fucking blew the tape out as a kid. <laughs> you know? Oh, what else can I say? All right. Cried then, crying now. What about you? Uh, I remember watching it as a kid. Or I remember having an Iron Giant toy as a kid. Didn't have one of those. Um, they were cool. I think either either I had an Iron Giant or a dinosaur that did this. I can't remember. But they had a remote control. Uh-huh. But it, the, it wasn't that remote. It had a wire running from the controller to the toy. And his legs would move when you hit up on the controller. Um, and then, like I was talking about last week, taking those family trips to like the state over or camping trips and stuff like that with the dvd player in the car watching without a paddle over and over again yeah um one time i took a friend with me to one of those trips and just in the binder of dvds we had i would always slip past Sanger and giant i remember going hey remember this movie and my friend going yeah we're like you want to watch this one we're like yeah we watched it in the back of my folks car on the way and just just bawling her eyes out by the end of it just being like <laughs> this is my favorite movie and my friend yeah. being like yeah I think so too <clears throat> and yeah pretty much since then I've been like yeah this is I think my favorite movie yeah um, and I was probably like I don't know 10 at that time just a just a lad and yeah uh, uh, bought, 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 bought the special edition went and saw it in theaters when it was re-released and stuff like that yeah it was just me and a bunch of kids in the theater I cried. They didn't. They were loud. Um, and yeah, I just think this movie's perfect. It is a perfect movie. Uh, Vin Diesel voices robot. He does. Yeah. Um, I believe Brad Bird saw him in Riddick. Chronicles of, those, of Riddick. Yeah. One of those movies. And first, first one's called Pitch Black, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, at the end of one of those, he's like, I don't know, someone's dying or some shit like that. And Vin Diesel's talking very softly to somebody. Yeah. And he talks about how he's he's very quiet, he's very soft, but he still has this gruff, manly voice, but it's also, like, soft and sympathetic. And he's like, yeah. oh, that's what, that's what the Iron Giant needs. Mm-hmm. And Fast and the Furious. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Wait, what? He's Groot. Vin he's Diesel's, Groot. No Vin kidding. Diesel's Groot. No kidding. Yeah. Because for the same reasons, I'm like, you know, we got to get the Iron Giant in this movie. You want to talk about the book real quick? Can I talk about the book? You can talk all about the book, Chris. Okay. And by talk about the book, I mean I'm going to read the Wikipedia synopsis. Men love Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Iron Man, written by Ted Hughes or whatever, uh, says it was published in 1968. Cool. Anyways, get ready for this. The Iron Man arrives seemingly from nowhere, and his appearance is described in detail. To survive, he feeds on local farm equipment. Sounds familiar. When the farmhand discovers their destroyed tractors and diggers, a trap is set consisting of cover, a covered pit on which a red lorry is set as bait. I don't know what a red lorry is. Do you know? Yeah. What is that? I can't tell you. Okay. The next... Oh, sorry. Uh, ba 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 Hogarth, a local boy, lures the Iron Man to the trap. The plan succeeds and the Iron Man is buried alive. The next spring, the Iron Man finally digs himself free of the pit. Crazy. Crazy that he's just buried for a couple seasons. It's a bird. Oh, cool. To keep him out of the way, Hogarth brings the Iron Man to a scrap heap to feast. Familiar. 
The Iron Man promises not to cause further trouble for the locals as long as no one troubles him. Time passes, and the Iron Man is treated as merely another member of the community. Sweet. That's very beautiful. However, astronomers monitoring the sky make a frightening new discovery, an enormous space being resembling a dragon moving from orbit to land on Earth. The creature, parentheses, soon dubbed the Space Bat Angel Dragon, end parentheses, bit of a mouthful, really feel like they could have come up with a better name for that thing, crashes heavily on Australia, parentheses, which is large enough like to cover... Like the Space Bat or Angel Dragon. Yeah. Either or. Apparently it's large enough to cover the whole of Australia, and it demands that humanity bring him food. Terrified, humans send their armies to destroy the uh, dragon, but it remains unharmed. When the Iron Man hears of this global threat, he allows himself to be disassembled and transported to Australia, where he challenges the creature to a contest of strength. If the Iron Man can withstand the heat of burning petroleum for longer than the creature uh, can withstand the heat of the sun, the creature must obey the Iron Man's commands. Furthermore, if the Iron Man melts or is afraid of melting before the space being undergoes or fears pain in the sun, the creature has permission to devour the whole Earth. After playing the game for two rounds, the dragon is so badly burned that he no longer appears physically frightening. The Iron Man, by contrast, has only a deformed earlobe to show for his pain. The alien creature admits defeats, hmm. a defeat. When asked why he came to Earth, the dragon reveals that he is a peaceful star spirit who experienced excitement about the ongoing shifts and sounds produced by the violent warfare of humanity. Uh, in his own life, he was a singer of the, quote, music of the spheres, unquote, the harmony of his kind that keeps the cosmos in balance uh, in, balance in sta uh, stable equilibrium. The Iron Man orders the dragon to sing to the inhabitants of Earth, flying just behind the sunset to help soothe humanity towards a sense of peace. The beauty of his music distracts the population for its uh, egocentrism uh, and tendency to fight, causing uh, the first worldwide lasting peace. Kind of unrivals there at the end, doesn't it? Sounds like a beautiful story. Glad this movie is not that. Why does that robot have an ear? What is this creature? And what is with this contest of strength? None of that. And the same. All of that pairs in comparison to me to the idea of a robot with an earlobe. Yeah. Well, it also doesn't stack up against the giant baby robot who sees Superman and thinks that's exactly what I want to be. Yeah. It's a better story. Also, that's something I. I, I something that I, I'd never pieced together until one of the times watching this movie again as an adult. Mm -hmm. At one point in my life, I don't know, I'd say like five years ago, just got crazy into Superman. Just the idea of Superman and what we were talking about earlier, the idea of a hero and yada yada and this and that. And I was like, oh, Superman beats ass in that category. Superman's great. Um, unlike E.T. Unlike E.T., he just Never beat around. a single ass. <laughs> um, it's been so long since I've seen E.T., he might have beat ass. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I I think I've seen E.T. once. Um, but I could go on for hours and hours and hours about Superman, how much I love him and the mythos of it and all that. And then watching the Iron Giant and being like, oh, that's why. That's why I like <laughs> Superman is because this, the Iron Giant is the best Superman movie ever made. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so a great way to put it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Let's run this bitch down, huh? It's 1957. Oh, you don't want to talk about the book anymore? <laughs> what else do you have to say about that thing? Nothing. I just kind of felt like you read a Wikipedia article and then went, moving on. Yeah. I, hey, that's what I had. I just, I think it speaks for itself is the best way to put it. The strangest part to me is the name Hogarth. Really? Surprised it was in both. Yeah. I like that Brad Bird kept Hogarth, Scrap Heap as food, and uh, the giant kind of like coming out of nowhere. Other than that. And the giant being taken apart and put back together again. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, a little different, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That was also interesting. The, don't distract me with the book. Oh, sorry. Well, Chris, run down the Iron Giant. Yeah, we'll run it down and we'll talk as 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 needed. Uh, Nineteen fifty-seven. Uh, already off the bat, I'm just gonna say this reminds me of that movie. What is it? It's like uh, November Sky or October Sky or something sure. or Vanilla Sky. Whichever one is the one with Jake Gyllenhaal and all of his friends, and they make the first rocket in the West Virginia backyard, and it's a okay. true story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bad movie, I hear. Okay, I made. I was made to watch in history class. Yeah. And how is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. I can't remember it. They also made me watch Super Size Me a lot. <laughs> You've also made me watch Super Size Me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's another podcast. Uh, the oldest man I've ever seen is uh, driving a little boat. Uh, he sees a lighthouse and just goes, mm, can't wait to get in there and just beat off. <laughs> just beat off and get stuck in there with a young boy. Um, young man, I mean. Super bad storm. Uh, Seth Rogen's and Michael Sarah's everywhere. That's an awful joke. Um, yeah, we'll cut that for sure. Yeah, it's raining Michael Sarah's and Seth Rogen's. Okay, double down. So it's raining Michael Sarah's and Jonah Hill. Jonah Hills. Christopher Mintz plots. Yeah. Emma Stone. And the uncle from Grounded from Life. Who else is in that? Bill Hader. Yeah. Who else is in that movie? Um, I feel um, like they're all in that movie. Yeah. Is uh, what's his name? He's in the Office. He was in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Rain Wilson. No. Um, oh, fuck. What's his name? So there's a D. Dean Ambrose. I think his initials are DG. DG. Or GD. Craig Robinson or no? Craig Robinson, yes. Is he in that one? I don't know. I'm thinking. I, I picture him as like a, 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 a clerk somewhere. What a run. What a run uh, that guy had. What's his name? Craig Robinson? No. Seth Rogen? The guy who made all those movies. Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow. What a crazy yeah. run. I think he's still on a run. He's just more behind the scenes now. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a crazy run. Talladega Nights, super bad. 40-year-old virgin. Did you do Talladega? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's others. I'm sure of it, yeah. Yeah. Forgetting Star Marshall, that wasn't him, but it was still kind of his crew and kind of fit the formula. It was a long run. Anyways, so he's at a sea, and it's a bad storm. And uh, he is like, oh, my God, oh, I see the lighthouse. Uh-uh. Giant metal man. Somehow he washes ashore. Great shot. Love it. Yeah, good. Love, yeah. Did you see the one light of the lighthouse and then it turns into two? And it's like, yeah. oh, fuck, that's a a giant metal man. You know Very clever. Yeah, you know I really do like that. Yes, I, I do I'd like, like that. Let's skip to this immediately. We were watching this, uh-huh. and the Iron Giant shows up and falls down or something like that. And just off to the distance next to me, I hear a voice go, giant metal man you know what i mean i look over at you and i go no i don't and you shrugged yeah what was it what does that mean what are you talking about is it, you can get it what i mean it's giant metal man <laughs> that'd be like really if me and you walked into a grocery store and walked by the apples and i went apples you know what i mean <laughs> so anyways then we cut to the diner right is that immediately it I think so. I think it cuts right to the diner, and uh, Hogarth comes in with the squirrel. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and we get a nice little... I like the dynamic between him and his mother. Yeah. You know? Do you know He's who, all like... Who voices Hogarth? His name's Eli something. Okay. So I don't really know him. But uh, does the mother... Is she voiced by the same... She is... Miss um, Elastigirl? Miss Incredible? No, she's uh, Jennifer Aniston. Oh, really? No kidding? Yeah. Wow. Jennifer Aniston looks warm. Elaborate. I don't want to. Okay. She uh, is perfect. She looks cold. 
She's perfect for this role. Yeah, she's not bad. She does really good. Uh, he comes up with a squirrel. He's like, hey, Ma, I want to keep it. And she's like, Hogarth, not this again. And he loses the squirrel. Uh, squirrel runs up. She says, we can't keep it because we got to rent out of the other room because I'm working nights, baby, Yeah. at this restaurant because Dad's dead. We're never going to say it, but Dad died in World War II. We can also hammer home this point a couple of times without ever really digging too much deeper. Uh, but I feel like a lot of the dialogue does a lot of work here. And that's, a, in my opinion, that's Absolutely. a really good sign of a really strong, well-written story. You get that little bit about the whole, we got to rent out that room. That's why we can't have a pet. And it doesn't feel force-fed or anything like that. You know, just comes off. Yeah, this movie feels like um, what we're always going on about, about like Back to the Future and movies from... Mm-hmm. For lack of a better term, the eighties. Yeah. Where it just has the formula. Yeah. Like it's tight. just it's just a tight front to back movie. Mm-hmm. There's not a wasted second. Yeah. That's why I don't like the special edition that we were talking about. The one that they released in theaters and the one that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, they like. Are you, you ever watch a deleted scene? Yeah. Of an animated movie. Not of an animated movie. I don't think it's but, like yeah. they're like storyboards and like they're like twenty five percent of the way animated mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They finished some of those. And put it into the movie. Oh, okay. And it makes the movie worse. Okay. Like, there's a scene... Ruins the movie. Um, in my opinion, just this one deleted scene. Where the giant is asleep at the junkyard the first night. And uh, Dean is inside, asleep in front of the TV. And the giant is dreaming. And his, dreaming, his dreams get broadcast to the TV. And his dream is his home planet with a bunch of other iron giants being made and sent out to other planets to go conquer them. That's, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. That just, that's a, that's ruins the mystique for you. Ruins the mystique. Yeah. 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 I feel like a a big part of it is that who knows why he's here. Obviously not for great things because he's made of guns, but also, (laughs) yeah, it's just, it goes back to the, not a wasted second. That's not integral to this movie at all. And doesn't need to be in it. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so Squirrel runs up Dean's legs. We meet Dean. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. Is that, yeah? Yeah. Uh, loved Dean as a kid. Thought he was the coolest guy who ever lived. As hey. an adult, he's the coolest guy who ever lived. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, I see him and I'm like, man, I got to get a soul patch. This is, um, like, I feel like if I were born in the 70s, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I want to be Han Solo. Nah. I grew up wanting to be Dean. Exactly. You know? Dean's I want to so m- make cool. art in my scrapyard. So anyways, uh, Dean has to expose himself to relieve the squirrel from his pants, it seems like. I, I yeah, so. Uh, funny scene, I, I do like when he's like, found your, your pet, or whatever, and he's all freaking out. He's like, I'm freaking out, man. Yeah. I do love right before that, the, the old sailor is behind them going, oh, yeah, I saw him, he was 50 feet tall. Yeah. Everyone's like, eh, it's a, you're, you're drunk, is what everyone's saying. Yeah, and he's and, like, hey, I saw it too. Yeah. And uh, Hogarth's like, oh, did you really see what it's like? And he's like, no, I didn't see it. Just someone's got to stand up for the crazy people, you Mm -hmm. know? So good. Love it. Yeah, it is good. Very telling. Yeah. What a beautiful, beautiful kind soul. Uh, Anyways, Hogarth uh, is informed by his mother. eh, She's going to work late. Uh, Hogarth goes home. Uh, She's like, hey, there's some chicken in the freezer. He's like, oh, I got you, mom. And he flips up the breadboard and some Twinkies and bread or whatever. And he he makes a little fork. He stays up watching, you know, horror movies and eating I love this. A dream. I love this little scene because it shows Hogarth is deep down a good kid, but he's mm-hmm. also a little brat and he's a little mischievous and stuff like that. Because I love when she calls him, he picks up the phone and he goes, 
Hughes residence. This is Hogarth Hughes speaking. Who's who may I ask is calling. It's like a nice like, yeah, that's something your mom would tell you to do, and you have to do every time you pick up the phone. And he does it because he's a good kid. Mm. But then when she's like, "Don't stay up late and don't eat a bunch of Wonder Bread or whatever," he's <laughs> yeah. like, "Ma, of course not." And he's up until yeah. nine fifteen watching spooky movies. Mm-hmm. And eating. It's great. I love it. And I love the spooky movie. Uh, just down to the littlest details, I think it's a very it's good. um on on the head with uh with its its parody of that era of 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 um horror films obviously there's the the hokey like them doing the whole like actually i was thinking we could go grab a nightcap at my place and she's like yes actually i was thinking the same thing Mm -hmm. which is a little intense what a waste of a perfectly good brain yeah um which is another example i I really feel like that that that's also on the but i I even like just the shots like uh, in that little bit it keeps returning to the same shot uh where the brain is like right there whatever he's coming in the door and stuff yeah and uh i feel like those old movies recycle shots like it'll set up like three or four and it'll just keep you know jumping through those four it's not as adventurous as like you know a modern movie is um or even just like the shot of his hand and him trying the white switch a couple of times Mm -hmm. like just that close-up like uh, it is a, a very faithful recreation and it really signals to me a horror hound that brad bird's also barking in that yard yeah it's a nice little couple second love yeah. letter to those movies it's yeah. great it is good and then somehow the iron giant sneaks up on his house <laughs> eats his antenna and then sneaks away yeah see that was something i was thinking about i don't mean to throw shade at, at this film uh but homeboy destroys some of their property like breaks fences and stuff there's yeah. a and Hogarth's mom don't notice. I guess she is working a lot. That's the... She came home at night. Yeah. Yeah. Working a lot. But I mean, the next morning she wouldn't notice. It's a great point. If she weren't so busy at work, though. So... Yeah. But anyways, yeah. He chomps down on the satellite uh, antenna, whatever the hell the fuck. Satellites didn't exist yet. That's the whole point. Sputnik. Yada, yada, yada. Anyways. Well, I guess Sputnik existed. You know what I mean. No satellite TV. Uh, Hogarth decides I'm going to tape a flashlight to my BB gun and I'm going out there. Nice little scene. I love it. There's just a... Uh, yeah, a large part of this movie is also that, like, you know, that young, like, coming-of-age Goonies-type thing where it's just like, I, you know, I never really grew up in the country like that. But, you know, he runs out without even closing the door or the screen, really, Yeah, marches off. And it's just, you know, there's a degree where it's like, oh, that's so just homey and cute. Uh, finds the metal man chowing down at the electrical... What station. is that? Is it a grid? Is it a station? Electrical station, yeah. Yeah, electrical station. That's where all the energy comes from. Yeah. And he gets in over his head. Chomps down on a big Tesla coil. Yeah. Uh, falls down, drops a rock Unconscious. in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Hogarth flips the switch or whatever. Saves him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah saves yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a hero would. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's immediately after this? Do you get ca- Somehow he runs over to the road. I don't know how he runs to the road, but he gets in the road and the mom is like, where have you been? Why are you out here? And he's like, Mom, there's a metal man. And she's oh, like, that's right, because she comes home in the middle of that. Yeah. 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 And she's like, Hogarth, I can't handle this right now. And they go home. Is this where you get Kent Mansley? Such <sighs> yeah. a great name. It is a good name. Also, perfect actor for the role. Do we get introduced to Kent Mansley then? I think, yeah, this next scene is Kent Mansley. Is that when he's like interviewing the people and they're like, hey, it looks like someone took a bite out of my tractor? And he's I like, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the guy says something like, something big is happening here. He's like, no, big things happen in big places. Uh-huh. This is a little place. Nothing happens here. But then his car's got a chomp out of it like a ham sandwich. Yeah, and he gr- <laughs> I love I love Kent Mansley. He's so, I do, yeah, he's, I do. I, I, like, I you love to hate him. I can't even like exp- 
display and or give examples of why I love him, it, they're just like shouts. Yeah. And just like, oh, hey, 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 like, yeah. You were saying while we were watching it, perfect casting for Kent Mansley, Conan mm-hmm. O'Brien. Yeah. He's just so good. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think one of the things that really sums up uh, Kent Mansley for, him, for me is uh, the scene where he knocks on the door when Hogarth is trying to hide the hand. Yeah. And he's like, uh, Kent Mansley, I work for the federal government, and the whole guy goes, blah, blah, or whatever, close the door, whatever. And then he opens it back up, or whatever, and he's like, uh, and he's like, Kent Mansley, you work for the government. And he's like, yeah. I wasn't going to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's something very smug and arrogant, and but just, I don't know if it's like how animated he is. For some reason, I also like the character. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't he's, like him. He's an asshole, but. He's a little bit more. Bugs Bunny than everybody else. Yeah. And he's the most serious guy in the movie. Yeah. But, like, it just, like, little stuff like him, like, getting his face squished in the door when he's, like, peeking on him in the bathroom and stuff like that. It's great. Uh, real quick. Conan O'Brien is Kent Mansley. Hogarth. Uh, we're, we're, we're casting... Yeah, I don't know any kids. Uh, it would... I'd hate to say it, but it would be a Stranger Things. Oh, no. I know they're all so old, but they're still kids. They're yeah. still going to be playing kids. I don't really have any for the rest of it. I mean, I guess... The mom, Allison Brie, probably. Yeah. Maybe you... I know he's so old, but if he was younger, I feel like Tom Holland would have been a great live-action Hogarth. He would, as yeah. a boy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's too late now. I feel like the ship it has is. sailed. Um, Who's Dean? Dean... I feel like Dean He's can a be real played. cool guy. Are you going to hate me for saying Ryan Gosling? <laughs> no, of course not. Get, get Ryan Gosling in this movie for sure. Um, <sighs> Who else is in the movie? I feel like you'd have J.K. Simmons play the sergeant. ID yeah, casting. perfect, yes. Yeah. Vin Diesel. I could hear him saying, the where's the giant, Mansley? Yes, perfect. Uh, Vin Diesel, still the, still the giant. Um, hate to put him through that again, though. I don't know if you know this or not, but he had to wear that suit for like 12 hours every day. Yeah, but he's doing the Groot one, and that's wood, so that's going to be as bad, if not worse. Yeah. He can do it. Yeah. Sorry, um, Vin. And also in the Fantastic... Fantastic. What are those movies called? The Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> the Fantastic He's got to wear that speed of... <laughs> big muscle suit all day long, so that yeah. man's used to being in big, <laughs> uncomfortable suits. Um, Who else is in this goddamn movie? That's a great question. Um, those are all the major players, really. I think so. Uh, yeah, nobody. There's nobody. There's no other characters in this movie. That's very strange. Yeah, very tight. Well, just, I think that's also a really good thing. I feel like if you just yeah. hone in on like a good five or six character cast, yeah. Gotta figure out that boy. I wish Tom Holland was ten years younger. Yeah, we gotta see what we can do about that. Also, the aging Ray about we've been working on. I'm not loving. I'm not loving Ryan Gosling as Dean. No, I think it would work. But let's see who would be a nice, cool cat. Again, if he was younger, our boy. Matthew Matt. Lillard? Yeah. Okay. Can you picture Scream era Matthew Lillard with the soul patch? Just, hey, cats, I'm cool. Perhaps. Let's get back to the film. Okay. What happens after Mansley's car gets eaten? I know that the giant comes back, but how does the giant come back? He... He... Because remember, he shows up and he gives a little switch to Hogarth. Oh, Hogarth goes out looking for him with a camera, which is also super important. Like I said, like yeah, almost no, everything's Yeah, and like right at, I think, 
I'm so, this doesn't matter, but no, I think something else happens after the power station. Because that happens, and then Hogarth goes looking for him. Does it No. He looks for him at the power station, then it cuts to Hogarth in school, and they're watching the anti-nuke, like, oh, hide-in-your-desk yeah. stuff. They're watching that Fallout kind of shit, yeah. And then he goes to find him. Beautiful scene where he finds him. He's got the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, leaves the camera. Use, leaves the important camera. Important for later. Very important. It's the first time they meet. It's great. Oh, the, the giant sits down. Big boom. He's trying to teach him to talk and stuff like that. He goes, yeah. this rock. And he picks up a boulder and rock. that big guttural rock sound or whatever he makes. And then he picks up a tree and goes, rock. rock. So good. Yeah. Um, He's like Frankenstein. Exactly. Um, just nothing I love more than just a big, dumb robot and a small boy <laughs> teaching him how to be good. Um, uh, and you also get the first appearance of the you go, I stay, or whatever, or I stay, yep, you go yep. thing, right? Important. And he still does not listen. He keeps no, following him. No, keeps following him. Has to hide him in the... Oh, yeah, the train thing, right? Because he sees the train tracks and he thinks, fuck, meal. Starts to... Goes to start to eat it. And the guy's like, whoa, 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 hey. Hogarth is like, you can't do that. Train comes. Iron Giant gets smashed in the head with a train. Somewhere in here, Mansley's car gets bitten. And then I think Hogarth brings the giant home with him into the barn yeah stashes him in the barn stashes him in the barn while mansley sees the train and goes where's the nearest phone and yeah. they point him to the hughes house mm-hmm. yeah and wow. that's when yes yeah they're having dinner uh so the iron man has reassembled in the barn except for his hand which hogarth doesn't know hogarth is tasked with saying grace midst of grace he sees the hand in the background mm-hmm. uh i actually really like that scene it's, it's great yeah <laughs> You know the whole thing where he's like, "No, get out of here, Satan, and leave us, so we can that kind of thing." And I, I really do like at the end when Jennifer Aniston was like, "Okay, that was unusual." It's good. It's very good. Uh, he tries to sneak the hand out the front door, and you get the Kent's Man- Kent Mansley scene we were just talking about. Uh, Hogarth uh, gets the nothing; the hand just wanders off or whatever. Uh, let's Kent in. He goes try to find the hand. Hands upstairs. He's trying to push the hand out the window or whatever. Sounds like he's taking a big old dookie dump. Uh, Mansley and the mom are outside the door like, hey, you know, and Mansley says that thing about like, this is why it's very important to have a high fire up and die or whatever. Yada, yada, yada. Anyways, Mansley gets a hold of the phone. And here's another thing I love. They're talking on the phone or whatever. And he's like, you know, his sergeant is like, do you have any evidence of any of this or whatever? And he's like, well, no, I've got the, the first-hand testimony. He's like, if you had a giant footprint, I could get a plaster of it. If you had a photograph, I could get the army down there. Which is why that camera is important mm-hmm. from earlier. But also, something took a big bite out of half of his car. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty good proof. No, but the problem is that he ate the rest of the car. That's what happens. Oh, he yeah, takes the bite, so there's no evidence. The yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, then uh, Mansley's like leaving, and 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 he catches Hogarth's name because the mother says it. Uh, Such a ridiculous name. Yeah, and he's driving around away. He looks down at the BB gun that he found at the power station. Over and it says Hog Hug on it. And he's going Hog Hug, Hog Hug, Hogarth Hughes. And then he goes back there to whatever, whatever happens. Knocks I don't know if he goes back there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I think get him to leave somehow. I don't oh yeah, that's right. I messed up that scene when he opens the door back up with the hand. He's like, Kent Mansley, work for the government. Yeah. Uh, as in Kent Mansley says that for the second time and then yeah. the comedy rule of three is the third time when he comes back to the door that's when he starts to speak and Hogarth goes Kent Mansley you work for the government he's like I wasn't going to say that yeah anyways 
now what's going down um in rockwell oh, town we, we go to the barn where they're hanging out but right before that I, oh, was, yeah. I was gonna bring it up when they were when they first meet in the woods and it goes back to what we were saying about Kit Mansley. I just love how everything in this movie is animated. I love how everybody moves. I love how much it lends to Hogarth specifically. Because my favorite thing about Hogarth is when he talks like a little man. Like when he's trying to convince the giant to stay there. Like he doesn't know what to do with him. And he's like, just, and he's like running his hands through his hair like exhausted. He's like, just stay here. And I, I, I don't know. I'll come back yeah. for you tomorrow. All right. <laughs> yeah. I will say the animation is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite visually. My favorite. It's probably my favorite animated this film. This movie's so good to look. I like. Yeah. Uh, I well, like that it. It seems like Brad Bird, who did go to Cal Arts, I believe, uh, yeah. and also subsequently went on to work for Disney. But it seems like a love letter to Disney, specifically the '60s era of like 101 Dalmatians. I think the characters look a lot like 101 Dalmatians. To yeah. Me. Um. Beautiful. Beautiful film. Yeah, I think like all of like the animators from that era, like the for lack of a better term, Pixar era. Mm-hmm which he's like technically part of because mm-hmm. the iron giant for this whole movie is cg mm-hmm. um they all like went to cal arts together mm-hmm. and that running thing that's in like all pixar and a lot of animated movies the a113 mm-hmm. is the classroom that they all shared and stuff like that like mm-hmm. brad bird and john lasseter and uh the others <laughs> yeah they all went to school together at the same time and so did jg quintel oh yeah um they're in the barn so the thing about the how beautiful it looks and all that kind of shit that i was talking about yeah. uh that's another thing uh no disrespect to warner brothers i mean obviously that secured them the superman rights uh but uh yeah like this is one of those things where like i could easily see disney's name snapped on slapped on this and it would still easily pass like i mean i mean to say that it's of that quality as far as i'm concerned animation, in terms of like the animation yes. but there's something about this that makes it probably like one of my favorites it's got that like what we were talking about in roger rabbit like the disney versus looney tunes yeah. it's like it's just there's something like underdoggy and punk rock about this movie that yeah I really like well that also goes hand in hand what i'm talking about as well to, to piggyback off what you're saying uh the the it's it's um really commendable that basically brad bird was basically like i can do this too yeah yeah <laughs> you know? Like, uh, you guys think you got the corner on quality animation? Yeah. Really good yeah, yeah. story. I got one for you. Um, so anyways, yeah. And he was like, fine, I'll make the Incredibles. <laughs> Hogarth brings uh, Metal Man uh, comics. Uh, he's enamored with Superman. Takes a look at Atomo for a second. But he primarily likes Superman. Uh, he's like, I know Atomo. I Superman or whatever. That's good. It's good. No, I think, does he say that they're in the barn? I no, know he, he might say sure. it later. He I mean, might he say what they're later, playing. But... Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, he's like real bummed out when he sees Otamo, which I love. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but Otamo's a bad guy. You're not a bad guy. You're a good guy. Like yeah. Superman and throws it on top mm-hmm. of it. It's great. Well, then it goes out there because he's like, I don't know. I'm going to maybe read you a bedtime story. <laughs> yeah. Is that, do you sleep? I don't know. Yeah. So then what happens the next morning? No idea. No idea. Is Mansley there yet? Does he have to give Mansley the slip? Do or is it when he decide? Maybe he, does he wake up and he takes the giant to yeah, the scrapyard? Yeah, I think that field? night, the, the that night they go to the scrapyard. Yeah. Oh yeah, that night. Yes, this is one of those scenes that always stood out to me as a kid. I mean, obviously all these things were like, I mean, again, like this is just a movie that like, I can remember that youthful connection I had to like literally every second of this thing and why I liked it then, and it hasn't changed since, you know. Um, 
you know, I, I, I love him hanging out with the older guy and drinking coffee because he drinks yeah. coffee. And I remember, you know, I, I, I always loved like him being like, you know, and they bumped me forward because you know, and I was so smart and all this and I was really, but now I got other responsibilities. And he's like, and I'm getting pounded by all the kids. And I just do the stupid homework. And if I just did the stupid homework, they would all get fast gears too, you know? Um, great scene, love it. It's yeah. it's just great. It's a nice little Dean and and Hogarth bonding thing. Uh, Dean meets Monster Man. Goes get out of here. Can't believe it at first. Mind blown. But Hogarth takes exactly thirty seven minutes pounding on the door to convince him. I do like that. The thirty seven yeah, minutes later, great. good, really good. Um, so the Metal Man has somewhere to sleep tonight. Apparently he dreams, but that's apocrypha. Um. So yeah. So Hogarth goes home just in time to be like. It's hey, my favorite. I do. I love. Yeah. That's a great gag. He's like about to climb into bed. Sun's already up, and his mom comes. He's like, "Oh, Hogarth, you up?" And he's like, "Just making the bed," which is great because <laughs> it's uh, you know it, it, I do like that aspect of Ho- Hogarth that he's also clever. He is very smart. Uh, that's a very smart thing. And that's that's the toughest part about casting our kid for this movie. The kid who plays Hogarth has such great delivery. It's so good. The just making the bed which is great yeah now is Mansley back yet I think so I think that this is when she's like I got a surprise for you yeah I out that extra room and, and you should like, hey, take him around right he's scout yeah he's yeah. sport yeah and he makes Mansley a landslide which is very funny yeah because for the first time I put together the landslide is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the old make the cop poop his pants trick yeah classic classic Puts the X-Lax, or Choco-Lax, as it's called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is, uh, gives the cop the slip. Goes to hang out with Dean and Metal Man. Dean and Metal Man do what now? Um, he's using the giant to move stuff around. Oh, right, because he taught the giant the difference between scrap and art. Yes, and then he's like, oh, Giant Man can help me make giant statues. I like this, yeah. And he helps him make art, so now he likes Metal Man. And Hogarth wants to play... Yes. Is this when they do the spaceship stuff? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. And then they decide to take it to the lake. Iron Man ruins the lake because he does a bonsai bomb or whatever the it's hell. great. Love it. Yeah, good. I love yeah. I love Dean getting washed in the road and the guy <laughs> driving by going, hey, man, you know you're in the middle of the street? And he yeah. goes, yeah. He's, I, forget, I forgot what the, the truck driver says next, but Dean just goes, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, then. And he drives off, yeah. Good stuff. Then they go back to the scrapyard. I think they're on their way back and they see the deer. Oh, right. Well, before we talk about the deer thing, I also forgot to mention, uh, I do like the, uh, which also feels like a bit of seed because it comes back later, when they're, uh, the first time they go out and they go towards Rockwell and Hogarth is like, stop, 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 we can't go there, whatever, and he has to hide like on the billboard and he yes. looks like a big yeah. Cosmo burger or whatever. And then he sees McCop and Scrap or whatever and that's when Hogarth is like, oh my God, Scrapyard, that's perfect, you know? Yep. So anyways, yeah, then they see the deer, this is... It's something I forgot that I'd like to go back to right after the part you're saying, where he's there and he's got the coffee and what you're saying and I'm like, and now I'm overstimulated, I'm getting beat up because I'm a cool kid. And like, I gotta do this and I gotta be this and uh, I forget what he says to get there but Dean goes, man, you got to listen to these kids. you got to listen to your mom. You are who you choose to be. Yes. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another seed planted. So anyways, uh, yeah, they see the deer, and this is a very sad scene. Uh, the deer is dead. They start planting a seed. Hogarth is uh, tasked with explaining to basically, for lack of a, you know, basically a child, like that death happens and everybody mm-hmm. dies and stuff. 
nice role reversal. Um, about the gun, what it does. Yeah, in a lot of senses, like this is where a lot of like the coming of age, uh, you know, uh, elements come in. Uh, it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like a movie where like a twelve year old has a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> he basically has to mature pretty quick because he's got to teach this baby how to not get uh, annihilated by the government. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, he explains to the deer: the deer is dead, the deer's been shot. Guns are bad. Guns kill. That's what guns do. No other use. Sorry. He's not wrong. All right, you cuck. Move on. Um, so, anyways, then they just to be go, clear. That's a joke. I also don't like guns. I think they're just for killing. Back to the scrapyard. <laughs> yeah, they go back to the scrapyard. That scene did make me think about politicians for a second. I was like. Yeah, Politicians so probably ain't got no time for movies. Exactly. None of them have seen this movie. Yeah. Ted Cruz ain't seen The Iron Giant. And if there's one thing that movies does, I really do think it, it plays a part in shaping you and your heart. Like, absolutely, you know, yeah. Reminding you a little bit of your humanity. Grow your empathy a little bit. Man, it's the whole point. And I just, I fantasized a little bit. This is ridiculous, but it, imagine this film. It's called, like, maybe Crumley Goes to Washington or something. Okay. And I, the, the third you know, act where like I'm finally in front of Congress and I, I'm, I'm doing Do you my, start writing this down? Yeah. And okay. I'm in my mic drop moment. I'm like, you know, and I'm talking, I'm, I'm, I'm advocating for guns being like, not something you can just walk around the streets with or whatever, stuff like that. And I'm like, if you don't believe me, then why not listen to my friend, Brad? And I hit play on the iron giant. And then the rat, the, 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 the whole movie plays out, but you just get it playing on a TV screen and then it keeps cutting back to these congressmen and in this movie they're crying it's, it's really touching them and then you, you finally end an hour and 30 minutes later from the you know maybe like mm-hmm. 110 we've already done so it's maybe like a three three and a half hour endeavor because you also have the entire run time of the Iron Giant and by the end of it they all cry and they come together and you're like, you know they what? cry and they're, like, they're clapping and you see one of the politicians and you know the other one he goes was the robot's name Brad? <laughs> and then at the end he's like guns are banned and everybody cheers and carries me out of Washington, and then they plot me down. And they were like, "Just kidding! That was a that was a joke. I, we don't actually do that kind of thing. We have to vote on it, and we're obviously not going to because, boy, I love money." <laughs> it's one of those those sad movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because like they carry me out of Washington, but then they just throw me on my ass as soon as they get, you know, past the city line or whatever, you know, wherever the line where Washington ends. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just I do I do love. Like, I can picture perfectly them throwing you, yeah. you landing on your ass. Well, yeah. I do like a double bounce because of my bodacious ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the transition is like a circle coming in on your face and it stops for a second over your face and you go, and then it's yeah. over. Uh, do your part. So Chris will return next summer and Chris goes to... <laughs> Canada, I don't know. Jail? Summer camp. The Supreme Court. Yeah. It's like Ernest Goes to Camp, but every installment is, like, politically motivated. And each one ends exactly the same. Yeah, nothing happens, yeah. just like real life. Um, so, uh, except the worst thing that could possibly happen. Um, <laughs> each, each movie ends with you showing a bunch of politicians the Iron Giant, though. <laughs> and I think my friend Brad can take it from here. <laughs> um, so anyways uh, it's almost like the Kanye, Conway Twitty uh, bit in Family Guy <laughs> just pause the narrative entirely to... it's a showcase for it anyways so then at this point um, every new Chris goes to movie technically only has about 
20 minutes of new footage <laughs> in it that are sandwiched around yeah. the Iron Giant. Yeah. Um, so then, where were we before I went off on my tangent? It's you getting up from fantasy. the last movie and dusting yourself <laughs> off and then getting on a plane and then getting on a podium and going, my friend Brad, and yeah. then the Iron Giant, and then throwing you on your ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the deer died. And then we go back to the scrapyard? Yes, and it explains to him what a soul is. Oh, yeah, they're looking at the stars. Mm-hmm. He talks about how he's like, I don't really know what it is, but my mom says they go on forever and stuff. And then, yeah, he's like, well, anyways, I got to go. And then the giant's just like, soul. Anyways. Love the love this guy in this movie. Just yeah. every time you see this guy, chef's kiss. Magnificent. Then he goes home, and is, is, is Kent Mansley there? And he's like, where were you, champ? I think he's developed the photos at this point. No, I don't think so. No? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. I think at this point, let me try to think. Do you think he, he found the photos then? Yeah, he might have, yeah. Yes, I think I don't know if they he's, were out. Oh, yeah. Because I I know what you're thinking. You, the montage story is like, hey, sport, hey, champ, what about this? Ro- I heard you saw a robot. That like little montage is before he makes him poop himself. Okay. So he goes home, Kent Mansley, yada, yada, yada. Has the photos? Well, when does the thing happen where he sneaks out? At, oh, that's much later. When does the gun thing happen where they're playing with the gun? Is that? Oh, that's after they... Okay, so yeah. I got it's it. after so the army comes, yeah. Goes home, and he... Uh, him and Kent have, like, the, the fucking uh, men in black interrogation government yeah. guy who's like, Hey, buddy, I could literally make you an orphan if you don't help me find Metal Man. Right? Then mm-hmm. he chloroforms that boy. Yeah, if no... Yeah. Ma- hey, listen... Earlier when we were talking about being a hero, what you have to do to be a hero. If at any point in your process of being a hero, you have to chloroform a boy, you're not the hero. Or threaten to make him an orphan. <laughs> yeah, either or. Yeah. If you hit either of those, whichever one happens first. You're no longer the good guy. <laughs> yeah. Your crusade needs to end. So anyways, he wakes up the next day and is that when he... Or... What happens before he has to give him the slip? Does the interrogation happen during the daytime? And then at night, he's like, I'm going to be watching you all night. Yeah, I don't know what happens between those two things. Either way, let's just jump there. So he's like, I'm going to be watching you all night. Hogarth does give him the slip. But what I love is that the movie doesn't let the slip slip. Yeah. He does walk into frame or whatever, so it kind of signals to the audience, like, oh, he got away. But it, they don't tell you what he went off to do until yep. later. Um, so anyways, Mansley uh, has the photo now, knows where the, the, the monster's at, calls the government. Government people are coming down. Um, they're all going down to the scrapyard. I also like that moment, because much like Hogarth's moment of like, oh, of course, the, the scrapyard, when he tells Kent Mansley where the giant is, he's like, oh, my God, it was right under my nose the whole time. Yeah. He eats metal. Of course, the scrapyard. So anyways, um, they all march down to the scrapyard, basically. I don't know what he says exactly, but I do love that moment when it's Dean coming out with his coffee and he just sees the, 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 the dust trail from the army coming and they come over the hill and they're all coming. I can't remember what he says, but he's just something like, why don't you look at that? Or just something yeah. like, it's something cute like that. Um, and they're all like, we want to see the metal man or whatever. And he's like, oh, the metal man. Why didn't you guys say so? And he spends a whole yarn about like, oh, yeah, I had a big business monkey come down here. And he offered me a couple mills, you know. And I said, hey, 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 I just birthed the baby. Let me, uh, you know, breastfeed it a little bit before you get it, you know. 
And uh, they open up the door, and they've turned the Iron Giant into a uh, statue. Garbage sculpture. Garbage sculpture. Uh, Very much like Carly's brother, iCarly. Yes. Yes. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Moving on. That's who plays Dean. <laughs> yeah. Spencer from iCarly. Yeah. Should me and him have the same I could birthday? I see it. He's a bit older now. Maybe he'd be a little more gruff. Mm-hmm. You know? I would watch his audition tape is what I'm saying. And hey, you know what? I'd watch a live action Iron Giant where Miranda Cosgrove plays Hogarth. Yeah, I would watch it as well, yeah. Anyways. She's uh, got to be 30, but she's youthful. I'd buy it. Kent Mansley gets chewed out. He's like, oh, you're know, back in Washington. Uh, your ass, I'm going to eat it for lunch. And uh, I do also like that Jennifer Aniston gets that moment where she's like, uh, she's like, really, this piece, uh, again, someone buys it, it looks kind of slapped together, like not so thought out like some of these other pieces. Mm-hmm. And Dean is a little too flattered by the uh, that compliment to realize, uh, or, you know, whatever. He's not like, oh, yeah, it is slapped together. But instead he's like, oh, you like these? You know? It's nice. I like that. Yeah, she's like, nice. I really like this one. He's like, really? And he's like, man, I just tricked the biggest cops in the world. <laughs> Super I have a cuts. robot friend, and now I'm going to fuck this kid's mom. Everything's looking Coming up, up Dean. for Dean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Hogarth says it at one point. He's like, I must be the luckiest kid in America. But honestly, Dean's making out, too. Yeah, you're right. Everything's coming up Dean. <laughs> He's got a robot friend, potentially a rub- uh, love interest, and he outsmarted the government. So anyways, uh, then Hogarth decides to play with his big metal friend, uh, pulls a little toy gun on him, and that activates uh, gun mode. He says, I'm, you be a Tomo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he pulls the ass and he puts on his shoes. No, Otomo. Me, Superman. Yeah, Great. Very good. Love it. Um, anytime something like that comes up, just immediately like, oh, there comes a tear. So good. Me, Otomo. Me, no Superman. Yeah, every time I watch this movie, I'm holding it together, and right when that happens, I'm like, oh, I lied. Yeah. I'm not going to this time. <laughs> uh, anyways, almost mercs uh, Hogarth like twice. Dean is like, what the fuck is all of this? Get the shit out of here. So uh, the monster's like, no, I know gun, I know gun. Tears are flowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just him being like, I know gun, I know gun. And he runs off, and then and then Dean realizes the gun, the toy gun, and he's like, he's defensive. And then immediately they're like, you never, he's like, you're never going to get there on foot, kid. And they go after the monster. A couple of kids see the monster in the field. I love that scene. I don't know why. It just, it's another one of those, like, for some reason it just, like, even just little scenes like that, I'm like, dude, this is like a Christmas story or something like that. Just classic staple of just, mm-hmm. for some reason, it gives you just hot slices of a time that never was in America, but exists in all of our cinematic minds, you know, just yeah, those two brothers up there with the binoculars being like, holy shit, look at this, Abe. And then he's like, well, by gum, Jebediah, that's <laughs> a metal man. Um, Ring the dinner bell and get Dad over here. <laughs> Dad, look at this metal man. Holy shit, I'm going to get your mother. Look at this metal man, honey. Oh, my God, get Grandpa. I always think about those kids, though. Yeah. Because imagine being them, and you almost die, and then a giant robot saves you. Yeah. And you think, wow, that's so cool. I love that, and it's like, kind of like the on, book was saying. On, like, the smallest level, and I get to tell people this forever, I had this nice, friendly robot experience with a robot, and I was friends with this robot. Yeah. And then some fucking kid runs up and goes, "Ah, oh, robot!" And the robot goes, "Oh, my actual friend!" And puts him on. <laughs> like, oh, fuck, dude. 
Um, so yeah, I love that. I love that uh, he gets a chance to be Superman. Yeah, he saves the little boys. Beautiful. Tears are flowing again. Everyone in the crowd is like, ah, he yeah. saved them. Mansley looks back, sees the giant, and he's like, holy shit. Convinces the government to go back. They start shooting him and shit. He turns into a gun. I love that because it's a it's it's a bad moment. Like, uh-oh, now the government knows. But it's also a great comedic beat where he just turns around yeah. and the giant's just standing over the city. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do... I like because it gives Mansley the opportunity to be an asshole when Dean is like, he's defensive. You know, he's got the kid. Like, we got to shut this all down. Those are the two reasons. One is because he's friendly and he's the, this is defensive. And two, he's got the boy or whatever. My only problem with that scene with him telling Mansley is as he's peeling off on the motorcycle, he passes the sergeant. So because you have to tell the general. It's, it's like, like the general's right there. Bo, you tell the general. <laughs> but anyways, that aside, like I said, it sets up Mansley having a moment. Mansley immediately goes over to him and goes... We gotta stop him. He's killed a kid, you know. Mm. Um, eventually, there's all kinds of like stuff with like, uh, like Hogarth was with the monster for a little while until he's unconscious, and then Dean and Jennifer Aniston like get him and they get him in the they, car. They start they start blasting at the giant. Yeah, and he starts running. And he starts running toward a cliff, or they shoot him and he falls off the cliff. And he starts flying. Love that bit. Love it. It's so good. He's like, oh yeah, my he's god, like, you, you can, can fly? fly? So good. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually they shoot him down. Like I said, they take Hogarth. Hogarth needs to go to a hospital. Some Giant other... thinks Hogarth's dead. Yeah. So sad. They like uh, convince him to go get the parents to go back or whatever. Uh, I'm calling Dean his parent already. How cute. Good he is. Yeah. So anyways, uh, and then he like sneaks off and he's back with the monster. Right? For a second. Um, and that's when they've well, already got Lucinda or whatever on hold with the... Lucinda? Yeah, whatever the name of the ship is that has the bomb on okay. it. Okay. Um, but they haven't called it before, in yet. No, before, before they turn around with Hogarth, they start blasting that monster. He thinks Hogarth's dead. Yeah. And he turns into Big Bad Mega robot. ultimate gun. Just just blasting. Loved the, the design of it because it does look like... It came out of that movie he was watching yeah. earlier, but also it's a little modern and it's a little scary. He's just shooting these big orbs. Like, yeah, I like also love the red, green, and blue. I don't know why, but it yeah. looks great together. Like, I love when his, his like chest opens and the little like claws come out and hold it. Like, that looks very like 50 sci-fi. And then it just shoots that big thing out and like it vaporizes whatever and like closes and it's gone. Yeah. And that looks like 90 sci-fi. It's mm -hmm. great. I love it. Um, and then they come back and Hogarth runs in front of him. And the giant points his gun at him. Yeah. And he's like... Go ahead. And he's like... And he's like... I want you to do it. Do you? Does he say that you are who you choose to be thing? What does he do? I think he, he says you are not a gun. You are who you choose to be. Yeah. Uh, he flinches in case he gets shot. Uh -huh. And then you see the giant's eyes turn white. And he, he's like, I, I love every time the giant goes, robo, goes uh, attack mode. When he comes out of it, he, like, shakes his head. He's like, oh, oh yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and then they go back to, like, the government people, and someone is able to be like, he's defensive. Stop shooting him. You got it right now. It's Dean. Uh, and the kid, yeah, the, shirt, the, the, the the general sees the kid or whatever, and he's like, man, like, you lied to me this whole time, you know? And I don't know what they do there, but I do love it when the Iron Giant shows back up holding Hogarth. They just, I, I don't think they even do anything, but for some reason, the Iron Giant just looks so cute when he's just standing behind them. <laughs> and he's like, hey, guys. I think it's because he's got a permanent, like, smile type thing with his yeah, jaw, yeah. basically. Also, we forgot he gets so angry, the dent pops out of his head. Yes, that is true, yeah. Anyways, uh, so Governor, or Gov General's very mad at Mansley for lying and stuff, 
and uh, Mansley or the the governor's like or general is like, okay, put the atomic bomb back in its box. And uh, Mansley's like, nah, fire, fire, fire right now. You gotta fire it. You gotta fire it. And you get the sign. I say this almost daily. The thing where he's like, that missile is targeted to the giant's current location. Where's the giant, Mansley? So good. He's great because yeah, the yeah. giant's right there next to them in the middle of the town. And then just the yeah. saddest thing you've ever seen that all the alarms start going off and mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh cool. And then Kent is Dead. like, screw my country. Oh no, yeah, because the thing is like he's like, now stay here and die for your country like a good soldier. Whatever. He's like, screw my country. I'm out of here. Boom, right into robot hand. And he goes, isn't there a fallout shelter somewhere? He goes, that won't do anything, Mansley. We're all going to die yeah. for our country. Yeah, yeah. Good, great stuff. Really good stuff. Mm-hmm. This is where the satire really... Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I love Hogarth explaining to the, the giant, like, that missile, when it comes down here, we all die or whatever. Yeah, yeah the tears are flowing. Mm-hmm. Oh, the tears are flowing. And, yeah, he's like, you stay, I go. No following or whatever. <sighs> Yeah, I'm letting you do this, because if I say this stuff out loud, I'm going to start crying. Oh, God. And yeah, you just he, he flies up there, and just before he <sighs> catches the missile, in his head he hears Hogarth's voice say, you are you choose the V, and then he whispers Superman as he lightly smiles, and the bomb blows him up. Um, what a phenomenal ending to the film the rest of the stuff that's like de-escalation and like whatever we'll talk about that in a second but like this part wow we talk about you know it's it's perfect yeah, yeah it's perfect it's like all the the, the 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 little things we've been saying along the way of uh, just seed planted here seed planted here nothing in this movie is wasted because literally Every scene and everything that they teach to the monster, everything Kent Mansley does, all of it leads up like yeah. all, exactly to him flying yeah. into the thing and saying mm. Superman and exploding. Yeah. Like, ugh. Every little piece is perfect. Yeah, like Kent Mansley building up to that point, perfect. The general building up to that point, perfect. Gene building up to that perfect. Hogarth's mom building up to that moment, perfect. Hogarth, perfect. You know. I mean, just every little detail, like, you know, the giant, because of Hogarth, grasps the gravity of, like, these people are all going to die. The right thing to do, the selfless thing to do is to go stop that missile. I, you know, yeah, and everything uh, everything that Hogarth has told to the giant, yeah. everybody else in this movie has in some way told Hogarth earlier, yeah. and it filters through him into the giant. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um beautiful i can't be understated that you may i i I don't know if this is hyperbolic or not but like i don't know if there's another movie that has this good of a sense of like wow they really earned that and like that's a payoff and that is just you know what i mean um obviously like like objectively there are things people consider to be better movies and stuff like that and there's even that moment at the end of the godfather that i think is really just wow where he's telling his wife, like, one time you get to ask me about the business. One time. And yeah. then he lies to her. Oh, baby. But this one specifically is just so, like, the culmination of 90 minutes of investment. Just. Wow. Yeah, no, like, I, I obviously I'm biased because I say it all the time. This is my, the shining be damned. This is my favorite movie. What's going to go of S tier for you, then? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, God tier. <laughs> Uh, but 
anytime I talk to somebody and they haven't seen this movie, it's happened to me a couple times, where I know people who haven't seen this movie and been like, oh, you have to see this movie. And then they watch it and they're like, eh, it was all right. And then I go, but I go, you stay no following, you are who you choose to be Superman. And they go, I mean, yeah, I guess I was sad. And I'm just like, you're a monster. Like, there's, <laughs> Where's your heart? If, if you're a person who sees this movie and you aren't moved even a little bit by yeah. that, by just how just how scientifically all of this movie comes together <laughs> into that one moment. What we're saying is you need a high IQ to enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is I don't want to know you. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, but uh, Rick and Morty memes aside. Uh, you have to, oh, heart. And like, this is... This I, is a movie for the Tin Man yeah and where rick and morty's for the straw man whatever his name is what is his name scarecrow oh what <laughs> a bit sorry i haven't seen the wizard of oz since i was four maybe we're watching um, the next uh this is the only movie where i think for sure the ending bit of this is feels like well that ending's too sad, uh-huh. so we have to kind of do a make good at the end of this, and I have no problem with it. No, neither do I, I. I don't think it makes this movie better, but... I'm definitely... I don't think it makes it any worse. I yeah. still... I get what you mean. I mean, you end on that moment, and, you know, they always say, end your story as close to the last bit of action as possible. Mm-hmm. So there is an argument to be made, like for it ending there and like it leaving a bigger impact and stuff. Uh, but I do kind of like the little reprieve at the end. I don't think I'm using that word right. But uh, this is a movie that I hope to motherfucking god never gets a sequel. Yeah. So in lieu of that, uh, just to get the little thing with like the statue of the giant, Dean and uh, Jennifer Aniston together taking care of Hogarth. The, gi- uh, the general sending the last piece of the robot to him. Mm-hmm. You know, him waking up to the thing, beeping, because it's going to come together. I will say maybe end it with, like, just that thing rolling off into the woods and don't cut to Iceland where one leg's hopping. Nope, that's what I... I, I you like that I, leg hopping? I love all of it. I love okay. the leg hopping. I love the arm. I'm not saying it. I hate it, but uh, it was funny to have it roll off into the woods and then it goes Iceland or whatever, and I was like, oh, that's funny. I, yeah, it's the leg and then the arm and then his head waking up. Yeah, like and every time I watch it, he blows up and I'm crying. I'm like, he's a hero. He is Superman. Yeah, and then uh, and then I'm just crying and like, yeah, the movie would be way more poignant if yeah. the, the that last bit wasn't there and you just see him with the statue and he gives him the bolt and then that's it. Mm-hmm. But like when it shows him rebuilding himself, every time I'm like, yeah, he did it. He made it. <laughs> In that sense, it reminds me of the death of Superman arc. Yeah, which I don't know that well, but. Superman not dead. Just like Giant not dead. <sighs> Superman. I had the one where Doomsday comes and kills him, and then that's where the graphic novel ended. He comes, and he pu- they punch each other real hard, so they both die. And then Lois Lane is there, and she's crying. Very, very yeah, Superman's there without a shirt on because he's dead, and his chest hair's in the shape of the Superman logo. Um, Ill. That's so ill. Yeah. Uh, and then for a very long time, there are four other Supermen running around. There are Steel, um, the Metropolis Kid. Superboy? It's basically who the Metropolis Kid is. Oh, the Metropolis Kid. I guess if it was one of the four. He's like, I'm is he the one with the leather? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's the Eradicator, who is Superman with sunglasses on, but Sick. he's an evil 
alien, I believe. And then there's Cyborg Superman, who thinks he's Superman, but he was, like, the scientist who was, like, DC's, like, parody version of the Fantastic Four, where they go up into space and get hit, bit by the, hit, hit by the cosmic beams, and then they all just die. Okay. But there, Mr. Fantastic, like, put his consciousness in a computer, and that computer ended up coming out of, like, a Superman computer... And when he came out of that Superman computer, he made himself a new body and was like, I think I'm Superman. Uh, and then Superman shows up and goes, nope, I was just in a big, long coma, guys. Sorry about that. I wasn't dead. And it was much worse than this movie. I love the design of the Metropolis kid. It's good. It's yeah. not bad. Leather yeah. jacket. Put a leather with jacket the yellow, on a superhero. I love it, yeah. With the yellow Superman logo on the back. Anyways, yeah, this is an A-plus movie. I mean, this is, as far as I'm concerned, this is a must-see. Um, this is definitely one of the best things that the animation has to offer. Um, and it also, you know, outside of that, is just a fantastic film. Sorry to have said that so uh, seemingly passionately. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you seem pretty bored about that. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, one of the best uh, things I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> Wasn't wrong, though. How are you feeling on this thing? Uh, yeah, just uh, I think one of the best. In my opinion, it is my favorite movie Less passion, ever made. come on. Less passion. Yeah. Um, just a great example of the power, I guess, of film and what it has to offer. Um, just the pinnacle uh, one of the pinnacles of cinema i guess uh life-changing life-affirming just uh just uh must see for everybody of all ages i guess really makes you want to be a better person yeah yeah i'd uh give it a i'd put it in the s tier with <sighs> the shining all right two favorite movies high praise yeah just uh Like Back to the Future levels of uh, mastery of filmmaking, I yeah. think. Well, that's that. Mantras, man. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time... <laughs>